All right, all right. Phil, we're back for another great episode of the Great Heavy Music Podcast. We're continuing with the Arion Chronicles. Look at your yes, big, beautiful sir. black face. You're so handsome. You like my beard? It's coming in pretty nice. Pretty dank. It's almost making me think that you're not some sort of no-ball pussy loser. Uh, no, I definitely will always be a no-ball pussy loser. Sounded, Don't worry about that. Sounded like you butt-dialed me earlier and your old lady was giving you a whole rack of shit about recording tonight. Are you going to be sleeping in the doghouse with those stupid animals? No, we're fine. Um, I, what did we get? I don't think we got anything about that. I think it was fine. All right, yeah, well, we'll see. I was wondering why you... No, we definitely... I mean, we get into it occasionally about random shit, but I don't think... There was some problem with the order food from Genova and they were fucking around and she was yelling at me and yelling at them. Anyway, <laughs> but I don't think anything about them. So she was fine with the recording. I was wondering why you said, am I getting bitch slapped? So I was like, by what? Have, but, um, haven't you ever worked in a restaurant? You were, I know you and I both as dumb kids worked at different restaurants and you know, you never give people who work, make your food shit. Is she stupid? She's going to get spit dude. all over her food. I would, I don't ever, ever. You might as well just, you might as well just eat a turd right there. That's what you're getting on your sandwich, buddy. So you might as yeah. well. Well, just cut right to the chase, and you can do it for free. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to go out. Right? You don't have to leave your house. You can just have it right there. Yeah, shit out thirty dollars to eat shit. But well, um, I'm glad she's a very well reasoned, rational young broad. She is. She's. She's. She's more assertive than I am. But she's. She's. Uh. That's. A, we have good balance. You know. I'm sort of. I'm sort of. Uh. What's the word? Uh. Pussy. <laughs> she's. <laughs> she definitely. Uh. She's. She's not. So. Well, that's good. It's a good. Good. Uh. Homeostasis or symbiosis, if you want to use a different term. Yeah. So, yeah. Symbiosis is about right. Well, listen, I've missed you, and for all of our listeners who are joining in for this episode, and maybe they haven't been following us for each and every prior episode, we've been reviewing the Arion catalog, and between this episode and the last one, we had the unbelievable pleasure of speaking to the Mozart of metal, Arjun Lucasen, who is the brainchild, the brawn, the muscle, everything the flesh, the bones, is everything behind this Arion project. And if you haven't listened to that interview, do yourself the utmost favor and go listen to it because the guy is as cool, if not cooler, than I ever expected and hoped. And he's just a serious, serious legend. Oh, yeah. He was so chill. It was like we know him. Like we already know him. Like a good friend. I mean, it's just so easy to talk to the guy. Awesome interview. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen right now. But today... We are reviewing the first in the two-part disc series of the Universal Migrator. And we're just going to do part one because it's a real undertaking. These two albums together, I think, are over two hours. So we're going to split it up. We'll do part one today. I own the physical CD. I've had this for probably, God, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years probably. So I'm more intrigued to hear what you have to say. But to bring back a, a, a throwback to our, some of our earlier episodes, I kind of want to know who's going to go first on their thoughts on just the first track. And you had tossed me an idea that I loved, which was 
Let's see who can do the most jump rope. You're for being a pussy. You're a pretty fit guy. I'm a pretty fit guy, and I have huge, huge balls. So you said, let's see who can do in one consecutive unbroken set the most jump ropes, and the winner will kind of tell their thoughts first, or the winner can decide who gets to tell their thoughts first. Do you want to tell the other person now how many jump ropes you got? Yeah, man. All right, hold on. Don't don't say the number. Don't say the number. Don't say the number. Just tell me the story, and then we'll do three, two, one. We'll say the same time. Tell you a story about jump roping. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, the rules. I'm telling you the rules about the jump rope. That way, it'll lead into a justification for my number. That was humbling. That I wanted to do. That you could, um, if you tripped up, if you restarted like immediately, you were you could still uh, maintain your one round. But you said no. It's also, it's not simply a test of endurance. It's a test of coordination. So, right? So Yeah, fair, right. right. Anybody who says, see, you can do the most jump ropes, it doesn't mean, and can fuck up in between sets and just accumulate them. That's the stupidest thing ever. You could do that for a thousand fucking years. No, you, no, you couldn't. No, you couldn't. I bet Absolutely you, not. if we did, okay, we'll do a new competition next time. Who can do the most jump ropes in a half hour? And I'll smoke you. I'll destroy you. Nah, I don't know if you'll do that. Okay. Know. Well, just set the stage for why I'm going to crush you because now I feel pretty confident since you're kind of making it seem like you were shitty. Were you shitty? Oh, a little shitty. I had a little more left in the tank than after, after I kept fucking up and I didn't feel like trying again. <laughs> so I was like, oh, fuck it. This is the number. And, so, all right. Uh, and I told yeah. you, I think I went before you, but I didn't tell you my number. And I said, the thing that's going to give out first is your calves and ankles, not your lungs. Did you experience that? Yeah, I was feeling way better with the lungs than I thought I was. I thought I was going to just be huffing and puffing. I felt it most in my calves. It was, they were burning pretty good, pretty good. Told you. Okay, well then listen. With no further ado, I'm going to count down from three to one. When we say, when I say, After I say one, we're going to say our number. Are you ready? Yep. Three, two, one. One, he's drinking something. Go, 364. I crushed you. Damn, you killed me. Damn it. I had a lot left. I don't think I would have gotten a 364, even if I didn't fuck up. I would have gotten like 250 at best. If my calves hadn't burnt so horrible, like in the lower part, right around my ankle, I could have done 500 easy. But 360. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, no chance I could do 500, no, no. matter what No matter what the um, scenario was right now. Yep, and I was doing it with my kids' uh, beaded green multicolored rope like something you'd see at a schoolyard it was it was not even some sort of like professional operation it was me it was me you cheated (laughs) you used the non-regulation rope (laughs) it was me barefoot in my garage as it was pouring out rain i had just finished working out and i'm like i'll do this stupid rope challenge so 364 so this is the this is what i earned since you're shitty yeah yeah. i get to have you tell me based on your your overall thoughts let's do, instead of burying the lead, let's just start with it. What are your overall impressions? Yeah, I'll show you something to bury. Big old bone. What do you What do you think of this first album? And just kind of set the stage for us in terms of your experience with it. Did you listen to it before when you were a younger lad? Is this kind of the first time? Just Just talk to us more about it. All right, all right. Um, okay, I heard a little bit of it before because it was an Iran album so I thought oh shit I better check it out and I never really got into it that much so I was glad that we're gonna 
we're doing his whole catalog and I'm, I was especially glad when we got to this part because it's pretty um, lauded. I mean, people really love it. So uh, I was wondering, I was curious about what the big deal was. So I listened to it and I thought it was a good, not great album. There are some great moments. There's a lot of excess here, in my opinion. I mean, it, there's there are parts that I love, and then I'm like, why is this song still on? <laughs> yeah, man. you know, uh, I agree with yeah, you. I don't know if you. No, I agree with yeah. your analysis completely. This is definitely not going to be at the top of my list of favorite Arion albums, and I would not recommend it to the first person I was trying to introduce to Arion. You know, and I feel kind of badly that we're going to be pretty stern with this album after the heels of hearing you know Aryan's interview but uh, it's just really really long and it at times doesn't even feel like it goes some places so it's good particularly I think if you're on like a road trip or you got a long something ahead of you or you're doing some studying or something in the background mm -hmm. but to just sit down and, and listen to it is an undertaking yeah it was a, it was a little, it's daunting in that in that sense and I, I don't want to shit on it too much because I know that a lot of people love it and I think it's super proggy and if you're all about atmosphere building and you're just you're just loving it uh even when it's slow because you just love the picture it's painting and, and the world it's building i get that and i can respect that but it i uh, i don't know a little more going on i think could you agree with me that this would be the perfect arian album for someone who was a big time Pink Floyd fan and wanted like a new age or more modern Pink Floyd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, or like a Porcupine Tree fan, or um, yeah, some kind of proggy rock that they didn't mind it just kind of, just kind of, kind of dragging on as far. I mean, that's not a great way to phrase it, but you know, didn't mind a long-winded kind of song. Yeah, absolutely. If you like Pink Floyd, Animals, you know that that shit. Um, the, the, some of the albums they put out. It's super like that it is just it's just it's all about the experience and, and the atmosphere and you're just kind of living in it and there's a lot of marijuana involved probably with the appreciation of some of these i would think uh, i was actually thinking i would love to do shrooms and listen to this album it'd probably be awesome oh i'm sure it'd be great um, but yes i agree yeah pig floyd fan would probably like this album a lot all right then let me do a little bit of a, an introduction before we kind of go through the tracks here so on, on Aryan's reissue the special edition double cd he promotes that featuring among others there's johan edlin from tiamat michael romeo from symphony x who's now moved on he's doing a lot of great work on his own russell allen from symphony x bruce dickinson from iron maiden uh, fabio leone from rhapsody ralph sheepers from primal fear timo cotipelto from x stradivarius andy Darris from halloween yeah, i'm sure you nailed that pronunciation yep crushed it cotipelto <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Andy Darris from Halloween, Halloween, Damian Wilson, who's, uh, as you and I both know, Bonerville, love that guy. From, He's a god. He is a, a god. god from uh, formerly of Threshold. Then Neil, Neil Morse of Spock's Beard, Gary Werkamp of Shadow Gallery, Clive Nolan of Arena, and then Robert Soderbach, Ed Warby, as we know, is the drummer, and Floor Hansen. So great lineup of people. And I wanted to read to you, Phil, because you don't have the benefit of having this little insert to the old real disc good morning earth colonists the 1998 arian album into the electric castle was such a huge worldwide success that when i picked up the guitar to start working on the next arian i was terrified i realized 
it would simply be impossible to recreate the magic of that album. So instead of trying to make an Electric Castle Part 2, I looked for new and challenging ways to create my next Arion album. First of all, I decided to have each vocalist perform one individual song instead of using multiple singers who interacted with each other within the same song like I had on previous Arion albums. Did you notice that? No. Uh, well, maybe at times, like, but I like sort of a vague noticing of it. Yeah, you know? like it makes sense now I, that you've heard it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Second, I decided to separate my two extreme styles and make two contrasting albums. The Universal Migrator Part 1, The Dream Sequencer, a melodic and atmospheric journey through time, and Universal Migrator Part 2, Flight of the Migrator, a heavy progressive adventure through space. Arion fans come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, but I believed there were two distinct groups, the prog fans and the metal fans. By releasing these two albums separately, I wanted to give each group a chance to simply buy the album of the style they loved, and if they wanted, ignore the other. Looking back, I must admit, that might have been the wrong decision. To my pleasant surprise, most fans bought and loved both albums. And so when these two albums were all sold out, I decided to unite the albums in one simple purchase for this very special reissue with Inside Out, Arion's new label. However, since I felt it would be unfair to the Arion fans who bought both albums since 2000, I did not add bonus tracks. Contrary to what some people thought, the background for this story is not based on any personal beliefs about reincarnation, nor does it explain my vision on how the universe was formed. All I set out to do was to give the listener just one fictional explanation of what is still the greatest mystery of mankind, how it all began, and how it will all end. You may discover some nice connections to previous Arion releases, for instance, in Carried by the Wind, Part 1, we see the return of the blind minstrel Arion. And in Out of the White Hole, Part 2, we soar past Planet Y, home of the alien forever of the stars from Into the Electric Castle. But even more might be going on. Could it be that the last colonist on Mars is the same as the future man of Into the Electric Castle, who referred to the new dimension as something happening in the dream machine? Or that the woman in 2084 is one of the scientists of the ill-fated time telepathy project from the final experiment. And, since the boy in one small step appears to be the reincarnation of the minstrel Arion and will become the scientist and the man on Mars, a.k.a. the future man, in a later existence, did he somehow know of the final experiment and forever? After all, didn't he grow up to become the new minstrel to write albums about what happens in 2084 as Merlin predicted in the final experiment? And how did Forever of the Stars, the alien of no time and no space, influence all these lives? Perhaps time will tell. Once again, I would like to thank everyone who worked on these albums, especially the talented musicians and artists who spent their time and energy to bring this story to life. I hope you all enjoy the music on these discs and find yourself lost in time and space for a couple of hours. Aryan, The Electric Castle, 2004. Well, that is a lot to take in, brother. I read a little bit about that Future Man uh, sort of potential theory of... Um, about how one of the characters is strongly implied to be the future man from Into the Electric Castle. Pretty cool. Pretty good, buddy. Well, let's talk about the first track is the Dream Sequencer. We already went through that. Listen to it here. Al, uh, Ar Aryan, excuse me, sets it up by saying, It is the 22nd century. I am the last of the Mars colonists. The air supply has almost run out on this desolate Mars colony. And the food supplies from Earth have stopped arriving since the final war of 2084. I am walking through the tunnel towards our recreation machine called the Dream Sequencer. I hope it will sweeten my final days. What do you think about the Dream Sequencer? Kind of just an intro. Yeah, it's... I mean, it builds a little bit of a nice atmosphere. It's not very long, so I like that. Um, sort of expository, which you'll have for a concept album. It's engaging enough. 
I think it's kind of tragic in a way that the guy's going to die no matter what, I guess. Yeah. And he has to just, I guess, see, ref, he's going to reflect on his time and I guess uh, other uh, eras of, you know, in the universe. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, so it gives you a little bittersweet uh, sort of opening. Gives you, gives you a, a foreshadowing of the length of this album when the intro song is really just five minutes. <laughs> five minute and ten second intro. That's kind of what you're getting. So let's go to track two, which is My House on Mars, which is seven minutes and 49 seconds. And I actually really like the trumpets and the triumphant sounds of, of this song. The little kind of crib notes here is, it is the end of the 21st century. I have returned to my own childhood. I remember it all as the dream sequencer images mix with my own recollections. This is the day my sister and I realized that we will never see the planet Earth. Right. I, I was reading that. It's, it's about the main character of the story as a child with his sister mourning the, the death of his father because he does say, Daddy, Daddy left me or something like where, that. Daddy, where uh, are you now? Yes. And um, so his dad broke his promise to take him to Earth. Um, pretty dark, and I lo I lo I do like the delivery of the verses. That sort of metallic, like robotic kind of stony singing that guy does is boom, boom, boom. It's it's um, sort of authoritative. Um, and then I lo I really like the trumpets. I do think those are cool. It, it's a long song and probably doesn't need to be as long as it is, but it this one doesn't feel so bad. You know, you can kind of get through it. What do you think of the next one? Let's go to 2084. This one says, It is the 21st century. The final experiment has failed. The final devastating war that was foretold by the blind minstrel Arion has indeed come to pass. The war has destroyed all life on Earth, making it completely uninhabitable. I hover above my own dead body. Yeah, I remember thinking when I was hearing a song that I liked it better when it was called Cosmic Fusion from Into the Electric Castle. I mean, that's <laughs> what I think it kind of is. Yeah. Um, it's it's basically just um, it's atmospheric in that way, and the singing is similar. It's eerie and creepy, um, but it's kind of it, this is the one where I went, oh boy, this song is just dragging. It is just kind of still on. I don't think it does a whole lot. There's only two songs like that on here where I'm like, eh, I would just cut this out, and this is the or I I could I would be fine with it if it didn't appear on here. This is this is the first one of them. Another another seven bad. minute and forty two second long song. Yeah, it, it's pretty. Um, if you're into this concept and you you want to immerse yourself in this whole idea, then I could see why you'd like it. But I just don't love it. Yeah, I mean this part's cool. There's parts of it that are cool. The 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 female singing with this, um, you can hear this pretty well, right? Mm -hmm. With the long drawn out keyboards. Yeah. Yep. Creepy. So there's. It, work. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, it's got the atmosphere and the energy of what you're looking for if you want a spaced out thing. But I just kind of imagine that this would be like a stoner's dream or somebody who's super burnt would be like, yeah, this album's amazing, and it just didn't get me pumped in the same way that I I got yeah. I got to say I had a more fond recollection of this album than I do of it in practice. I look back on it more favorably than I presently feel about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. You ever do that with an album where you're like, 
Yeah, that was great. Every time you go listen to it, like, uh, you start skipping shit, not paying attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Do I really like this album? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So where uh, would where would at least this first album on here? Where would this rank with you relative to actual fantasy? I think this is. Ooh. I gotta tell you, man, I like the actual fantasy. Yeah, I think it's better than this. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little better. I, there are still songs in actual fantasy that are, that are in my head, the big time. Yeah. Um, like the Dawn of Man. The happy yeah. little melody there. So I don't know, man. I think I rank it a little bit above, and I'm gonna keep reiterating it. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to shit on this album because it's not bad. It's just when you're comparing it to the other ones, it's. I don't think it. You know. Yes, definitely. Quite as well. I completely agree. I completely agree. It's not a bad album, but when the other Arion albums have so much to offer, it's hard to pick this one when you have a limited window of time. So mm-hmm. we just talked about 2084. Unless you have anything else uh, you know, notable to say you want to do? Nah. We can keep going. Okay, track four, One Small Step. Eight minutes. Yeah, this and, is a, I like the song. Eight minutes and 46 seconds. Uh, it is the 20th century. Yeah. I'm a little boy peacefully asleep. My father comes to wake me so that I can witness an historic event in the finite story of mankind. I, uh, I think it's a cool synth intro. There's acoustic guitar that comes in really nice. And the guy's voice is sort of somber, a little ominous even. Even though you would, you think you hear one small step, you think, oh, we're going to the moon. It's a momentous thing. But the guy doesn't want to do it. He says, I don't, I know, I no longer want to be the man. On the moon. And it's sort of like a, it's like a guy doing something amazing, maybe out of obligation or, you know, something that he has to do but doesn't really want to. And so it kind of casts this interesting light on our journey to the moon. Like, you know, um, to what what if there was a scenario in which we sent someone there they didn't really want to go. And they, we just, they had to go there. And it was, you know, it was important for them and they knew that, but they, it wasn't some amazing, wonderful discovery. It was just kind of a, sort of this duty, you know? Well, I love that view because it's so extraordinarily wrong. This is a song about the guy going back in time and he's seeing himself as a kid watching the moon landing and remembering it and the experience that he had remembering it. And then he says, I go back to my warm bed, back to my dreams, but not the one of the planets. I decided this morning I don't want to be the man on the moon. So he's going back to it, you know, remembering I don't really want to go to space. And now here he is trapped in space thinking, ah, I fucking knew it. Didn't want to be up here. That sucks. Um, do you, don't you like the part where he goes, the eagle has landed. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, that sounds like Aryan, don't you think? Uh, I, I, I didn't think that, but I guess I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check um, it out. Well, the, yeah, next, no, I, the next one okay, is... I was going to say, it's pretty. The next yeah. one is one of my favorites on here. What do you think of the shooting company of Captain Franz B. Coke or Cock. <laughs> I didn't like this song that much, man. This is the other one I was like, mm, you can do without this. I love this one. To me, this is like a Beatles homage, man. I love this one. I mean, yeah, the name is obviously like that too, right? Sergeant Peppers and the Lonely Hearts Club. It's, um, I get that. I don't know. It's got a couple, it's got a cool little riff. Kind of just keeps going. Kind of does nothing. <laughs> hey, I, here's what I, that's what I remember. Not a lot going on here. Kind of does nothing. Do you remember? I just want this is a, this is an aside, but I, I think it's funny. You know, the show I think you should leave. Yes. And the skit 
which is one of the best shows on Netflix. The skit where he uh, is with his boyfriend and they're late to a party and they blame the babysitter. And he, uh, for some reason, Tim Robinson gives this outlandish story about a hit and run. Like, yeah, she was, she was on a hit and run. Oh, and, the, yeah. and they keep asking him questions about it. And he keeps saying shit that's more and more fucked up, which leads to more questions. And he's just trying to get past. And he's like, one guy's like, oh my God, hit and run. And they call the cops. And he goes, yeah, we did. But they said that people were just kind of like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about the song. The song was just kind of like nothing. But <laughs> The people were just kind of <laughs> like nothing. Yeah, that's a great guys, one. Guys, like, what do you mean the people were just kind of nothing? <laughs> he's like, the police said that. <laughs> the people were just kind of like nothing for, for, for me this one is kind of I don't know of the first album this one gets stuck in my head most I don't know what that means or if that makes it a good song but it tends yeah, to right. get stuck in my head this one and my house on Mars gets stuck in my head I end up humming it or thinking about it later so see what's in my head a lot is that one small step part when he's like and a giant leap that that Triumph the shit in the back. Yeah. Oh, the like eagle that. has landed. Well, <laughs> this one's got an intro that says, It is the 17th century. I am a noble ensign bearer posing with my guild for the Dutch master painter Rembrandt von Rijn in Amsterdam. Okay, nerd. Right, for real, right? So I, who knows why, but he's marching on the shooting company of Captain Franz B. Cock. <laughs> Yeah, Rand's big cock. Yeah, yeah I know him. He's in my pants. <laughs> What's the B stand for? Biggest. <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, let's go to the, uh, the next it. track is Dragon on the Sea. And the intro is a winner. The intro is It is the 16th century. I am Queen Elizabeth sending out the brave Sir Francis Drake to defend the English realm against the invading armada. All right, this I actually did know. And this guy's a fucking badass, um, Charles Howard. But, uh, okay, this song is awesome, dude. Do you not love the chorus where it's like, um, time will remember your name? Yeah. Or he says, you're never, how great is that? You'll never, you'll never be the same. And they, they say some more stuff in the time, or yeah, time will remember your name. That, yeah, he says, you will never be the same. Sail on notes. for country into our memory. Time will never, time will remember your name, Dragon on the Sea. Dude, I think it's so epic and inspiring. It's pretty. It's this is a great song. Like this one too. What to you? No, yeah. I like this one too. This would, it doesn't get stuck in my head per se, but every time I hear, it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a fucking great song. Yeah, when she starts going, you're like, fuck yeah, dude. Yep. Uh, I'd say top three if we're gonna pick top threes. Well, we gotta to pick three. a top three, duh. So where this, would would you top say three. top? What, have we listened to any other ones that are in your top three? Oh, I really, I really do like um, One Small Step. So we'll go with my favorite. Um, we haven't actually gotten to my favorite yet. Okay, me, ne- me neither, just saying. Two and three. Right. Uh, are right, are right, uh, so this Dragon of the Sea and Small Step. All right, so let's jump to the next one then, Temple of the Cat, unless you have anything else to say about this one. Nope. All right. Temple of the Cat. It is the 8th century. I am a Mayan girl heading for the Jaguar Temple in Tikal on the Central American continent. Tikal's so overrated. Uh, um, the, uh, <laughs> this song, I think, is so pretty. Uh, the woman's voice 
good lord i had to look up who that was he's from like a dutch band um uh, some like a pop band oh absolutely wonderful voice yeah um it's not that long oh there are some the way she sings certain parts kind of remind me of that song take my breath away bum, 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 bum. i could hear that uh, yeah okay yeah and then uh there's a really cool flute part at like 220 it's just a really pretty relaxing song you know those songs um, that you think would instantly chill you out like oh, past the night is one of them for me put that on I would just relax yep. and just think and be cool this is one of those songs for me I mean I, I could see myself going back to this a lot life slows down a little bit yeah and this it's interesting because this, this is the first song under five minutes it's track seven and it's four minutes and eleven seconds and this one is just right I mean just just right I, I love the length exactly. of this one <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't know why they didn't do that more often. There's some a couple of songs like that where we're like, this is what you should be doing right yeah, here. I know. All right. All right. We're, a- anything we anything else on this one? No, I think it's just for part of the story. I guess it's more of a, since I mean I'm not very good at obviously explaining it. I don't know what the fuck it's about, <laughs> apparently, no. But um, this is more reflection, like going back into other uh, like other eras on Earth. Yep. Other yep. people living in eras. Yep. And then he's going back now to the sixth century and carried by the wind. This is where it all began. My tired body has passed away, but my once tortured spirit is finally free now. My name is Arion. Right. Okay. That that I knew because it says "Charm of the Seer." I've been killed. Yeah. Right. That is a not subtle reference to the final experiment, which is awesome to keep it in universe. I like that a lot. Definitely. I like, it's funny, I like patted myself on the back. I was like, yeah, oh, that sounds like Charm Seer. I'm, I'm picking up his his style. And then he just says it. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> he <laughs> wants you to know. He's telling you that that's what he's like. He's okay. quite literally beating you over the head with it. And you're like, I yeah. think I know oh, what I'm he's. I'm so astute. <laughs> I think I, I know what he's me. driving at. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, another, um, this is another one. First yes. one under four minutes. This one's only 359. And again, I kind of feel like that's about right. This is just about right. It's about right. The song's pretty good. It's got a, um, I said the song doesn't rock the boat. The guitar matches that synth opening, that do 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 And then towards the end, they do that with like guitar part and they do it kind of in the little chorus part. So there's a continuous melody here, a lay motif, if you will. Uh, sounds cool, short and sweet. And I wrote, they should have done this more often. Yep. Uh, well, let's let's go to the next one because I'm pretty sure this is going to be the boner for both of us because of yeah, uh, yep. Damien Wilson, the fucking legend, dude. I love and the you Druids turn to stone. This is the first one that when I listened to it as a young man, I was like, oh damn, this song is legit. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite song on the album. The uh, the strumming acoustic, soulful electric guitar. Damien Wilson very subtle in this, very sub- they're very controlled in this song. He do- he he lets his uh, softer side sort of shine. Um, a lot of soul, and then sort of towards the end, there's a couple of minutes he starts ripping off notes, and you're like, this guy is legit. If you didn't know who he was, this this should your ears should perk up when you hear the song. Like I gotta check this dude out. Have you please tell me you have watched the video of him sing this one live at the Arion? Uh, I, think I don't think I saw that. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's on the Arion Universe live DVD. I can't remember if it's the theater. Equi- no, it's not the theater. Equi- it's got to be Universe. It's on Arion Universe. 
and do it as soon as this episode is over. Go watch that because it is better than the recording version. It's sure the, you sure. I'm sure, buddy. I'm telling you, he's you sure about that. He steals <laughs> the show. When you see that, you're gonna be like, oh my god, he's actually better live than on recording. Wow. What a hero! Seriously. So here's what here's what Aryan says about this one. It is 2,800 BC. I quietly witnessed the astounding secret behind the creation of a mysterious monument in Wiltshire, England. And that's why it's in the Druids turn to stone about Stonehenge. Yeah, I mean, um, so it's just keep doing that, that time jump. Just kind of seeing a bunch of shit uh, in different areas of the world. Pretty cool. He's not, you know... I, it didn't occur to me this was so strong in the air, in the area of time, whereas the second part was in the air of space. Until so you actually sit and think about it, like, oh, there's so many references to different time periods. Yeah, I keep focusing on space, but yeah, this is this is more like what is how and what he's saying. I mean, is this like is he like is it like a memorial for humankind? You know, because it's like going to end. Oh, you mean overarching like, for the whole album, or are you suggesting? This? Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like it seems like he's recapping all like sort of accomplishments and momentous things, and then and then Earth, the colonizers on Mars are going to die, and seemingly that'll be the end, right? Because there's the last guy, right? So and like, it's, and the it's Earth's, almost like a memorial for humankind. And the Earth's uninhabitable. Yeah, it's almost like he's yeah. doing a life flashes before your eyes type thing, and you just go, yeah. But it's I would lo- we should have asked him, but it'd be impossible because we could have, we could have done two hours on every album with him. But oh, for sure. You know what? What made you cho- choose twenty eight hundred BC with Stonehenge, and what made you pick the eighth century and the Jaguar Temple? It's you know they're just seemingly very random things, but obviously they mean something to him. Um, uh-huh. And then of course, right here is an incredible part. When you hear that, when you hear Damien do that live, Phil, I'm telling you, you're gonna get chills up your back because it's better than that. But it's, he's, legit, he's like a top five singer ever for me. I definitely, don't know. no, I'm with say. you. I'm with you, man. Totally. He, in fact, he's got an album. I have to look it up because I'm drawing a blank. But I'll think of it in the next moment or two. He's got an album that he co-produces with somebody where he sings, and I believe that the uh, his his co-musician is the guitarist and I listen to it a ton and it's re- it's not really rock at all and it's but it's just so good and it's worth me stumbling through it here just in case somebody that's what it is it's Wilson and Wakeman and the album is I think it's on this final day hang on a second go to no the sun will dance in its twilight hour by Wilson and Wakeman. The album, again, is called The Sun Will Dance in Its Twilight Hour. If you like Damien Wilson and you like his performance on this album, I could not possibly recommend that album any more highly. It is awesome. All right, I'll check. Absolutely check it out. All right, let's go to The First Man on Earth. This is track number 10, the second to last or penultimate on this album. And this has got a very palpable Beatles vibe at the intro here. And he says, It is 50,000 BC. The world is almost empty. Nature is still untouched by man. Off in the distance, a clan of ape-like creatures gather near a cliffside. 
but I am the first to stand. I must be dot dot dot, and then it goes to the title track, "The First Man on Earth." Yeah, I think okay. So I I like this song a lot actually. So um, I think it's really cool how about one minute and four seconds in, where he says "pray in the fields," it gets kind of slow and sort of sentimental, and the music gets really good, and then it comes into that like a trumpet. It's like I think that's so fun. It's a fun song. And um, it's, it stays upbeat the whole time. Uh, picks up towards the end. There's a minute or two of that trumpet guitar. And then I feel like the song kind of stops abruptly, I guess, to go into the sort of, I guess, epilogue, if you want to call it that, uh, for the concept. Because it gets kind of, it, it doesn't end, end but it's the, the, the tempo changes drastically, I, I'd say. And then it kind of eases into like the last part, the last track. I agree with you. And don't you think that it's so abundantly clear that Aryan is just a thinker? Like, you, I would imagine he just thinks nonstop and not in the way that the average person thinks where your brain's kind of scattering around. He's probably thinking about just the how he can take these life experiences and life milestones of the human race and how he can make them into music. And I just, because you got to just be thinking constantly to think, how can I make a song about the first person to stand up, right? Like the first person went from like quadruped ape type-ish guy to, wait, we can stand and throw spears. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's Absolutely. A- I think these are things that probably have captivated him independent of music, right? And then he just combined his interests probably, you and know, it- like, this is fucking cool. I love, you know, I'm going to write about it. And it makes it even more amazing when you think that he was a death metal guitarist touring, you know, and like just babes and booze and stuff. And as he said to us on the show that he didn't even start Arion until he was 35. I think that's such an inspiring thing that he went and this is so wildly different than death metal guitarist touring. Yeah, I I, I mean, we've talked a lot of death metal musicians who have other interests in other areas but to actually uh it's a little different i think to create another album or another band or project that's completely in a different genre and just put basically put your heart and soul into it you know isn't it really the ultimate that's so metal if you really think about it a guy who changes genre so dramatically but maintains truth because he did love the jam and then he was like, well, you know, but now I kind of want to tell stories. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, that's so metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, it's like he, um, he stayed true to himself, you know. He took the bull by the horns and just was like, I'm going to do what I want. Yep. Uh, absolutely, man. Could you imagine him in a death metal band just jamming out your moshing and you look up and see him playing guitar? I don't think it doesn't fit. doesn't make sense. At his size, so tall, got that awesome long hair. I don't know, man. He could definitely be raging up there, I think. Yeah. I just, it makes me think, too, like, uh, let's say he just always was, a, like, a decent guitarist in a death metal band. And you never knew that he had this whole project, this whole brainchild. He never birthed. And it makes you wonder what other kind of, uh, what other musicians are out there right now, just kind of hanging in the background. But they have this fucking gem of an idea. You know what I mean? And beyond that, man, everyone, 
you know, you think about you're a nurse, I'm a lawyer. What if we had taken different paths or committed to something? You know, you just, it's a crazy thing to think about all of the, and in fact, I'll do a quick plug for a band I love called Antimatter. They have a song called Stillborn Empires. And it's about that idea of stillborn ideas that never came to term and what those empires could have been. And it just makes you so right. makes you so proud of it of Aryan doing something so unique like this. And now he really is the Mozart of metal or the Beethoven of metal. So I mean, let's go to let's can. go to the last track on this one. This is the it's called uh, Chaos, I think. Okay, was Chaos? No, no, Chaos is the first track. My bad. Chaos yep. is the first track that on. That's all right. It happened to me too, man. I yeah. felt the same thing for a long time. Yep, and the, it's the Dream Sequencer reprise is the end of the first album. Yeah. And I'll go yep. back to that, yeah. Because it's on Spotify as, like, one big thing. And for some reason, I just kept thinking, I thought I read that Chaos was the last song. I even wrote notes on Chaos in reference to this album. And then I had to, like, toss that. Yeah, right, or but, save, um, save it till next time. <laughs> uh, never mind. But um, anywho, yeah. So I feel like the the, the end is just kind of like, just kind of like nothing. <laughs> they're yeah, just kind of like nothing. They're just. He's like they're not even supposed to be there. They were like already dead. <laughs> oh my god, they're dead. Yeah, Barry, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is. Uh, he's great, and he's great. In Michael Bolton's big sexy Valentine's Day special too is Chef Roy. I don't even remember him. You don't remember that? Yeah, he's the baker, and he he screams at that guy. He's remember he's reading that guy's mind, and everybody pretends like it's not. And then he the guy admits that he's reading. (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that skit. Okay. And then he screams, "You piece of shit!" I got my buddy at work to like all into. I think you should leave. And you know that thing where he's like, "You sure about that?" He's like, "I got fired for something extremely embarrassing." (laughs) They said it was poor performance. You sure about that? There's a Dude. ton of good lines in that show. It's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. I really, I really mean that. Yeah, I mean, you've seen the one with the, where they're doing the ghost tour, right? Oh my god, yeah. I, I'm not trying to get a laugh. I just wanted to know. I'm super serious. Fuckers. <laughs> 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 never come out of the woods and just had like a huge cum shot. No. <laughs> No, they haven't. <laughs> Which is it? Can we say anything we want or can we not? <laughs> right. You can't change the rules because you don't like how I'm doing it. <laughs> God. Well, brother, I, I really am glad that you got a chance to kind of go back into this because I do think it's an important piece of the early Arion catalog. And to, at risk of sounding like the most obvious middle-aged American dude, I liken where we're headed after the next episode when we do the second disc of this series. I liken where we're headed to when... Remember when Disney went through its heyday and it like could do no wrong and it was Aladdin and Lion King and Beauty and the Beast and it was like they were just hitting home runs after home run after home run? That's yeah. how, That's where I feel like we are headed after this album. Okay, so you're basically calling part two, or like after part two... Fucking, what's the early, a lad, a lad. I'm saying, because I think we're coming around the corner on Human Equation, 0101001, uh, and then after that I think we're coming up on River of Time. I mean, there's some just ridiculously good shit coming up around the bend, 
So for those of you who are still getting into Arion or maybe following along with us, get ready. Get ready. But the next one will be part two of the Universal Migrator. A little different, a little faster, but not too much, you know, nothing crazy. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it. Yeah, buddy. I've been listening to that one a lot when I do the long, when I mow grass. I don't know what it is. That's when I jam out, when I mow the grass. It's a perfect time. You're a captive audience. Can't do shit else. Exactly. Well, unless there's anything else you want to say, I think I'm going to go Night. back to the uh, dragon on the sea here to send us off. All right, my friend, until the next time, this is the Great Heavy Music Podcast. You are the fucking man. Later, brother. See you, later.